Welcome back, everybody. I'm Evan Rauer with War Room, the Hockey Podcast. This week we are back with a new episode, so thank you for being patient with us. We've been um, going through typical life things as the holidays happen and and all that good stuff. Shout out and congratulations to our friend Z Diddy, Zach Miller, for getting married. We love you, brother. Congratulations. So happy to see you're doing well, and uh, we look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Worm Hockey Podcast this week we is a shorter episode as we get everybody caught up. There will be a second episode this week come on Wednesday, um, but this week is shorter just to get caught up again. This week we do touch on Corey Perry, Craig Berube, and reviewing the season thus far where teams sit in relation to our preseason predictions. So settle in, enjoy Worm Hockey Podcast. podcast uh as we mentioned um off recording we got our three topics this week as we jump back into it after how many weeks have we not been doing this um too many too many so the big one uh to touch on because it has to be touched on i feel is Corey perry you got barube out in st louis you got our preseason predictions that we did that we'll review and then any other quick hit things you want to touch on. Um, But jumping into it, knock it out of the way, knock it out of the way, Corey Perry. So he um, was bought out in Chicago contract contract um, waived for the purpose of contract termination. Um, Wasn't bought out. He was waived for the purpose of contract termination. Um, I do want to make that distinction. I know some people, uh, think when con when players are are removed before a contract's over, that means they're bought out. They're, it's this blanket type of label that they're bought out. There's a distinction between having your contract bought out and your contract being terminated, and you being waived for the purpose of said termination. For the purpose of termination, or for the purpose of waivers, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. So he was waived for the purpose of contract termination. Um, due to um, a lot of rumor, ru- a lot of rumored things going around. I don't want to give credibility to rumors. No, uh, no, let's don't. They've been touched on all over social media, everywhere they go. Um, what has been said and proven was that it was an inappropriate situation, and it was it occurred at a team corporate event around a lot of the owners and. Um, CEOs and investors and all this stuff at a corporate team event. Um, and based on Corey Perry's own apology letter and statement, it was alcohol related, um, meaning he was intoxicated and whatever the inappropriateness was, whether it's an inappropriate comment, inappropriate action, whatever it was, yeah. um, 
those are the facts. And that, that's really what I want to stay on. I don't want to go yeah. into any rumors. No people, sense. people will listen to us like they've read on social media um, and they'll cling to one or two rumors in particular um, refusing for whatever reason to focus on, on fact and objectivity. But um, we here are going to stick to what we do and do not know. And that's that is inappropriate um, situation at a team event, alcohol related. And he was waived for the purpose of contract termination and has now since um, it's gone into the assistance, gone into the assistance program and other rehab situations to try and correct the alcohol issue. And uh, what I read was that on his behalf, now I didn't, I read the title of it. I didn't read the meat of anything that was written or said, um, but they, the article title um, had to do with the NHLPA posting an appeal on his behalf, whatever that entails. Um, if you want to look it up while we talk, you can. Um, but that's what I read. Now, Again, no rumors or anything from us, but nonetheless, a lot of speculation, especially because it is the Blackhawks and their reputation over the past 10, 15 years has not been stellar when it comes to no. certain off-ice situations. So um, take it with it what you will and believe who you want to believe in that regard, whether you want to give any credence to any, but anything that anybody in the organization says, that's yeah. up, that's up to you, but what we do know from Corey Perry's statement and from different things is that it's alcohol related from a team event that it had nothing to do with anybody's particular family or anything like that. So uh, you give your, you give your thoughts if you want, and then we'll move on. Um, it's been touched on to death everywhere you look. So we'll touch on it and we'll move on. It's uh, to me, it's self-explanatory, Evan. It's just, uh, it's just that simple. He did something stupid. He did. He's not valuable enough to try to cover up uh, anymore, or do you know, keep it quiet, or or anything else. He's just, um, he's spare parts at this at this point in his career, and and uh, he's had a great career. But this is not, you know, it's not the way you want to see it end. If you're a hockey fan, or if you're Corey Perry, or anybody involved, but it it happened and nobody's denying it. It's just over. And that's all there is to it. But the rumors are important to ignore. The rumors are important to ignore. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how I give credibility to people in, in their mindset of the, of the game of hockey is how much do they focus on unproven rumor? It gets do, do you take whether it's whether do you take the time to you take the time to look at, look at things objectively and kind of look at it intelligently, or do you just buy the or for clickbait's sake do you just buy into the rumor? Yeah, and that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Right now, now one of the rumors, any number of the rumors, could be factual. Such as such is the case when when we're not provided much information. Right. So, it's, but, it's not worth fiddling with. It's, but it, the point, the point is, is, is it, while it could be true, you're not really doing it yourself or anybody any favors by claiming to know the game so much and then riding rumors. 
speak on speak on what you know and if one of the rumors comes out to be true fine but speak on what you know until until or unless that happens but you know, that doesn't get clicks you no. know facts and uh, and uh you know measured measured responses and and uh proper research and and diligence that doesn't get clicks uh and eventually when those people all get turned uh, get exposed to be what they are which is just headline grabbers um, they they go quiet. So I don't care for that part of it. It's too bad for Corey Perry. It was probably handled about as well as it could have been between his camp and the Blackhawks. Uh, I think it's kind of dumb if the PA goes through with an appeal. I don't I don't see any sense in that. He cleared he cleared every hurdle in order to be dumped out of the league. So nobody wants to fiddle with him at this point, and and uh, that should say enough. Yeah, on, on the Blackhawks though. You know, you got to give uh, you got to give credit to Bedard. He's not hype. The kid's legit. Uh, seems to be off to a great start. He does not get pushed around, except in the faceoff circle. But all young guys are that way. But anyway, let's uh, let's salute him for being off to a good thirty game start or so uh, as a as a legitimate top six everyday NHLer. Yeah, he's not as hyped as McDavid or Crosby or McKinnon was. Um... But 30 games in, what does he have? 16 goals or um, yeah, he's, what, he's what his numbers are? Guy. He throws, shoot, shoot throws, guy. Lot he's got, of, yep. he throws so, a lot of rubber at the net. But can we, can we stop using generational talent every time a first-round draft pick comes around? That's, I know. It, it just again, it, it waters everybody down. And it's well, it waters dead. it down, but it, again, it falls in line with the clickbait stuff. Right. First overall pick, generational talent. Well, Every I could year. I could I could point to Neil Yakupov and a number <laughs> of different guys who was hyped as a generational yeah. talent and right. is now flipping burgers somewhere. Yeah. I exactly. mean and nothing Flip. against nothing against flipping burgers in this day and age. Work is work, but you know No. That, not, but look, to be labeled a generational talent. Let's wait ten years and then call and him then, a generational talent. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, so we, um, we talked about Berube a little bit. Uh, Berube out Lewis in and, St. Louis. And, um, you know, with Dean Evison gone in Minnesota, who had done a, a great job with them last year, and Berube obviously won the cup. Uh, both of them rock solid coaches uh, that get their guys to play hard. They, those two teams know how to get after it, you know, in the same way that Rick Tockett or Rob Brindamore or um, some of the other top guys in the league coach and uh, what happens when a team starts to go bad, boy, there's just no stopping it. And it's, you can't do anything except cut the coach loose, which is a shame. It's true. Um, We've touched on here. Well, Brube is the type of guy you either like him or you don't. He's got that old school mentality. Um, That said, he will have work if he wants to have work. Yes, he will. He won't so be he's out in St. Louis. If he wants to coach anymore, he, it won't be long before he lands somewhere. Um, There'll be opportunities coming. Whether it, whether it be in Chicago, because they're at the basement mm-hmm. and if changes will come for them, he'll land somewhere. Um, the other thing that I will say, and we've touched on this, I'm not a big believer more and more as days and years and seasons go on in the the coach lost the room type of type of argument um you're 
millionaire grown adult professional athletes making millions of dollars playing a game. You're making millions of dollars in a game that I grew up playing as a kid. Like you're playing a, a game that kids love to play and that you and I love to talk about and you're making millions of dollars at it. So at some point, the argument of the coach lost the room, this isn't, this isn't squirt B where someone's dad who can barely skate himself is out there trying to tell you how to do things. You're you're professionals on both sides of it. You're a professional coach, you're a professional player. Let's be adults here. And so I don't give a lot of credence to the argument. The coach lost the room. I do. I do think when things are not going well consistently enough, changes do have to happen. And, yes. and unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of times the, um, the martyr of that situation ends up being the coach. You can't fire the team. Can't it's, fire the, can't fire the team. You can't fire the captain who's making eight or 9 million. You can't do this and that. So the coach is kind of the first to go. So then, the- then when the coach moves, if nothing changes, now you're looking at the general manager. And then maybe if it gets bad enough, you're looking at new ownership, maybe, it, which is rare. Um, but that's kind of the pro- progression of things. And so unfortunately, it's less that the coach lost the room and more more that something just has to change and he's the guy, he's the odd one out. Yeah. And, and look, wins and losses change everything. So Three years ago, four years ago, when they won a cup in 19, he was a genius. And everybody was playing their hearts out and everybody was happy. And a few losses and a couple injuries and a couple of maybe suspect trades later uh, or free agencies, you know, all of a sudden he's has he lost the room. I don't know. I don't like that term either, just for the reasons that you cited. These are grown men playing, making a lot of money. You don't need to be taught how to focus. But let me give you one example, and you know this because you played and you've been elected captain several times, so you know how this works. Bruce Cassidy was known and still is known as not a particularly player-friendly coach, but he did such a great job in Boston for so long, but he had great leadership there. He had Bergeron, and then when Marchand grew up, Marchand was uh, part of that nucleus, and he came and went on Chera and there was just some sturdy guys in that room that were not going to let the room get away. So for whatever reason, he gets cut loose in Boston goes the first year in Vegas and he wins a cup. So there are guys that, as you know, there are guys that you don't maybe prefer to play for. You don't like the style. You don't like the personality. You don't like the system, but you get paid a lot of money to not, not choose what you like and what you don't like. So there, when you, when somebody has to cut a coach loose, that's the first step in either a coming up rebuild or other, you know, other kind of problems that I'll give you one thing though. And I don't want to ramble about this, but the coach has to fit the personnel. 100%. In some regards they do. In some regards they don't. John Cooper and the way that Tampa Bay Lightning have played since the nucleus of that team came on board 10 years ago, he fits. He does, you know, he he coaches to his personnel. When Daryl Sutter was winning cups in Los Angeles, he coached to his style. Uh, he coached to his players' abilities. He had a big, heavy north-south team, and that's the way he coaches. You put guys in the wrong spot, different systems and philosophies that don't fit your personnel, it's doomed. 
So yeah. that's would not you, would, that's not what happened in St. Louis or in Minnesota. No, but, but would you in happen. those in that situation though? Would you put would you would you label that as a lack of identity for a team then? The reason I the reason I argue that is because you look at Thomas Tatar, who's just traded out of Colorado. Six straight seasons, he's a twenty goal scorer. He comes here, he's got one goal, and and is in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch, and um, until he's traded, and that's and to the point where Bednar and the team has a, an established identity, or they've tried to. I would argue they're lacking one a little bit this year with the new faces and things, but they've tried to over the years. They definitely had one in 22 and they won the cup. He has an established identity. Tatar just didn't fit that identity. So sometimes it's the player not fitting the identity, but sometimes is it a team or a coach not having one? Look at the evolution, of St. Louis. Because I look, cause, yeah. Because I look Andy at Dunn was a was a huge piece. Yeah, Tarasenko, another huge piece, and and arguably Vince Dunn, along with Pareko, was as pivotal in that Cup win as anybody. And he's in Seattle now, and 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 Tarasenko's in Ottawa. So when the team changes like that, those are big changes to your roster, big changes to your depth. Now you've got people in places where they may or may not belong. Part of that blame goes to the GM, and part of it is just the way the game goes. You know, guys guys come and go. You can't afford them. The cap era, uh, I, you can't sign Tarasenko anymore. So, and then and then there was the expansion draft that took Vince Dunn. So these things happen. You can't change it. You can't help it. You just got to hope that you can keep it duct tape together long enough to win and they did and uh and after that you know they've got a they got a pretty nice young core and we'll get to Cairo in a minute but uh, they've got a nice young core and they're not a bad team before they flunk any further out it was just time to make a change so we'll see sure. how it works the reason i bring it up is because you look at in 15 you look at patty Waugh in colorado yeah and he was an example of a guy that couldn't make up his mind what identity he was looking for. Right. right. Um, literally on a, on a day-to-day basis, he'd f- flip-flop between I'm, I'm the player's friend and buddy, you know, and the next day he's the old school, hard-nosed Tortorella Hitchcock style coach. Right. And, and he failed to settle into one identity and it created a rift within that room and the type of rift where when push came to shove, the first one out was, was Wah. Now Wah chose to leave rather than being fired, but nonetheless, you know, a lack of identity or a refusal to choose one created a number of problems. Right. So yeah, yeah you, and, and that's a, that's a lack of experience as a coach and maybe a lack of you know, direction as a guy. I mean, he, he had, he did have some problems, but he also took the roster that a year or so later couldn't clear 50 points and won the division with him. So he did some good things, but it didn't last long. Uh, before I forget, I want to give a, I want to give a salute to our old pal, Tony Granado, uh, who right. we know well, um, fighting, uh, fighting a, a bout with cancer. And, and uh, we want to make sure that that her uh, good thoughts and prayers and wishes go out to a great guy and a great family. So yep. keep better, Tony. Agreed. Um, Barube and Kairu. Kairu 
um, in the aftermath of Brubay's termination, came out and said he had no comment. Brubay is not my coach anymore. Hmm. Now, the yeah. impl- implication there being that there was some friction, that the two didn't mesh. Um, Kairu wasn't a Brubay guy type of thing. Um, the problem became that in the aftermath, and this plays into how the media handled it more than anything, um, Kairu was booed by his own fans because of said comment, um, which led to an emotional moment for Kairu and a number of things like that. The, I think, I think personally, I think that's unjust and unfair, um, not every player is going to mesh with every coach they play for. So no. Kairu coming out and very easily could bury Barube. I mean, let's be real. Right. Very easily in the aftermath of his termination, come out and, and say, you know, say certain things about how Barube treated people or how he did things. He didn't. Now, he could have also very well come out and, ju- and buried the other part of it and just said, hey, it's the business. You know, we loved playing for him, but hey, it's unfortunate it's the business and now we move on. Didn't do that either. So it was kind of a middle ground comment to suggest that there was a reason for his termination. There's a reason for friction. There's a reason I'm not sad he's gone, but now we move forward. Yeah, that's he it was a backhanded way of saying, he, you know, there's a problem. I'm not going to say anything about it, but gee, you know, don't ask me. Uh, but let, I'll just give you a, a two sentence evaluation of the media. The media wants everybody to be, they, they talk about how they love guys because they're uh, honest and, and they wear their heart on their sleeve is what they always say. And we love to interview guys like that because you always get a good, honest evaluation. And then as soon as you're honest, they, they put you on a skewer. Yep. So if, if I were coaching a, if I were a player representative, or uh, part of the public relations staff, I would stick everybody to, gee, that's the business. That's the way it is. You know, the old get pucks deep and, you know, get on the four check. Just stick with the cliches. Don't give them anything because the nothing good will ever happen from it. The media doesn't get paid to do good things for you. They get paid to get clicks and headlines. And if you give them one, you're going to pay for it. So, it's too bad that Kyrie got himself in that position. He should have just said, like you just mentioned a minute ago, no comment, not our guy, but, uh, you know, we got to move on. That's yep. the way the game goes. Yep. So anyway, December is here. We are, yeah. yeah, we are 10 games, probably two and a half, three weeks away from the midpoint of the season. From halfway, yeah. Um, we are past American Thanksgiving, which is usually where the playoffs aren't set, but anybody in the playoffs at that point statistically are likely to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. Right. Um, and we're past that point as well. So we've got, um, let's run through, let me pull it up here. Let's run through where oh. the, the standings sit and then run through our where our preseason predictions were and how things are lining up who we think yeah. are hitting out of their weight class who's who's not playing to their level quite yet all these yeah, different aspects 
that's been pretty easy. And I don't remember, I may not want to remember, but I don't remember where our, all of our picks were, but I can tell you right now, uh, we were right on LA. They're good. We were right on Philadelphia. They are way better than everybody gave them credit for. The Winnipeg Jets are playing great. Vancouver, Boston, and Detroit are all sticking with a, a really, really solid start. And in all three of those cases, I don't think anybody saw that coming. On the opposite side of the ledger, Minnesota, Carolina, New Jersey, Seattle, Buffalo, Washington, these teams are all just floundering. And some yep. of them have talent, like Buffalo, New Jersey, uh, Carolina. Some of them should have been contenders. Yep. And, and some of them, like Washington, are just like they're bad and they're getting worse every day and they're yep. capped out. So it's been it's been an interesting start. But if you've got our if you've got our whole predictions, let's go back through it. Yeah, I got them. So we'll go division by division real quick. We'll touch on on each on each division again. Um, if, we'll, we'll, we'll run through it here um, where they sit now and where we predicted they'd be. Um Metropolitan Division, we've got Columbus that is in eighth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right on. They're terrible. Um, forgive me here. We're running low on Zoom time, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta well up- upgrade here to add a little more time. Um, let's see. So anyway, yeah, Columbus, well, Columbus is in in last, and I, if I remember correctly, and I'll I'll pull it up here, we had them. Um, we predicted them to be such. Yeah. Now they they had behind the eight ball a little bit, um, because of the Babcock situation at the beginning of the year, um, but we had we had them at least, I think sixth to eighth if I remember correctly. I'm sure we did. Fantilli's playing well though, so they've got at least a bright spot in that regard. Um. But well, you you've got you know you can just you can lump these guys together. There's there's a, a dozen teams playing way more poorly than what their rosters would have would have indicated. The people I just mentioned add the Ottawa Senators to that, and the poor Senators lost Pierre Dorian because of the Tarasenko uh, was not wasn't Tarasenko um, who's the 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 trade that they got jammed up on. Oh, Dadnoff. Dadnoff didn't include his uh, no-fly list. So uh, there was Pierre Dorian leaving. Then there's the Shane Pinto problem. There's a couple of key injuries, and now there's talk about maybe DJ Smith being out behind the bench soon. So that's a team that's underachieving. As I mentioned a minute ago, Boston, Detroit, Vancouver, uh, L.A., and the Flyers all playing real solid and and being putting themselves in contention. Uh, yeah, so there's there's some surprises on both ends, uh, good surprises and bad. Yep. So uh, with Zoom time running low, if we have to, we'll do another quick meeting to get the second half of the audio. But um, in the final eight minutes of this one, we'll touch on things for everybody. Um, we had we predicted Carolina to be in first place <laughs> in their Ooh. division. Um, they sit it in fourth. We predicted New Jersey to be in second. They sit fifth. We predict, predicted the Rangers to be uh, third. They sit first. Um, Pittsburgh, we predicted fourth. They sit seventh. Islanders, we predicted fifth. And they sit third. 
um, Columbus, we predicted uh, sixth, and they sit eighth. And you have Philly, we predicted seventh, and they sit second. And Washington, we predicted to be eighth, and they sit sixth. Um, And then we've got um, Pacific Division. Uh, Well, first, Atlantic Division real quick. Um, Ottawa's in last. Uh, We had uh, Toronto first and second. They sit second. Tampa first and second. They sit fifth. Ottawa fourth, and they sit eighth. Montreal eighth, and they sit sixth. Florida three. And they sit uh, three, so that we were good on that one. Detroit seventh, and they sit fourth. Um, Buffalo sixth, and they sit seventh. And Boston fifth, and they sit in first um, for for the Atlantic Division. So we got one correct there. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure glad we got that in. Uh, <laughs> I I just want to say. I know we're short on time, but I want to say Boston. I still believe Boston is a false positive. There, I, I, there's a number of false positives right now. Montgomery is an awesome coach, but I just I think their depth is way too fragile. So that's all that need to be said. Agreed. Um, Pacific Division. Um, we've got. Um, we predicted Vegas first, and they sit first. Edmonton second, um, and they sit sixth. LA, we predicted to be third, and they sit third. Um, Anaheim, we predicted fourth, and they sit eighth. Um, Seattle, fifth, and they sit fifth. Vancouver, we predicted sixth, and they sit second. Vancouver's kind of the um, – Vancouver. are they hitting out of their weight class? That's the question. Um, it sure seems like it. Calgary, but- seventh, and they sit fourth. And San Jose, eighth, and they sit seventh. So um, – that's the Pacific. There's there's a couple of teams like Minnesota um, that had last year they had a handful of guys that had career years. This year they're not, so they've gone from contention to mediocrity. And Vancouver, you know, wasn't as bad as their record last year. They might not be as good as their record this year, but you are exactly what your record says you are. So good for them and good for Rick Tockett. Agreed. Central Division. Uh, Colorado, we predicted first, they sit third. Dallas, we predicted second, they sit second. Minnesota, we predicted third, and they sit seventh. St. Louis, we predicted fourth, and they sit sixth. Winnipeg, we predicted fifth, and they sit in first. Nashville, we predicted sixth, they sit fourth. Arizona, we predicted seventh, they sit fifth. And Chicago, we predicted eighth, and they sit in eighth. Uh, the one in the central division here in the final minutes here, um, Nashville's to me is, is, has to come back to earth here at some point. Yeah. They're, um, they're being over 500 is, uh, is a surprise for Nashville. They're exceeding and Hey, good for them if they're able to do it, but yeah. they're, they're exceeding where I believe that they'll ultimately end up. Um, we're, we're big Barry Trotz fans. So yeah. that's. That good for them. The underachievers right now, I have to say, are Colorado based on the, the inconsistencies. Um, surprising amount of struggle. Surprising amount of inconsistencies and struggles, and which puts them 38 with Dallas and Winnipeg, but in third place and could very quickly go bad if you're not careful. <laughs> you're right. Um, so, um, so there's our four divisions where, where we predicted and where they sit. Um, anything you want to touch on here? Three three minutes left here. 
let's just do, let's have another one. Let's, let's record again uh, later in the week. Let's, uh, let's get back together. This one was kind of short and we're just getting caught up. Uh, I think we've got our schedules and our, our, uh, technical difficulties somewhat ironed out. So uh, let's get back together again soon. There's a lot to talk about, lots going on. Agreed. Agreed. Look forward to it. And now since we're doing it through Zoom and have it figured out that way, um, it opens us up to have more guests and stuff. So we can do that right. as well. Um, yeah, shout, so- shout out to a friend of the show as well who just got married this past this past week. Um, oh, yeah, our pal Zach. Z Diddy got married. So he's... Uh, <laughs> I still wish we could have gone to that. I, I do as that. well. Um, but uh, we'll see him here soon. I'm sure of it. So yeah. Love uh, you, Zach. Love you, buddy. And congratulations. Um, big night of hockey coming up this, uh, this evening at, based on this recording. Anyway, this evening, uh, Christmas coming up, uh, world junior coming up. we got a lot to look forward to. So, oh, yeah. um, appreciate you joining on zoom we apologize for the quick episode we are just getting caught up um and unfortunately zoom gives time limits on how you do things so um but we will have another one this week um coming up on wednesday hopefully and we'll we'll touch on a little more for everybody so any anything you want to close on before we before we take off no it's just good to be back i really missed it here last month or so and it's really good to be back Agreed. Agreed. Love to hear from everybody. So yep. Right in, follow us. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Warm the Hockey Podcast and at Warm the Hockey Podcast, respectfully. Um, Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Appreciate your patience. Um, I know some of you have even reached out wondering when we're going to do this again. So we're back moving. So hopefully on Wednesday, we'll get another one for you guys, do a two episode week for you guys to kind of get caught up and get moving again so a lot to look forward to we appreciate you guys um i'm evan with warm the hockey podcast and we'll see you all soon cheers pal yep cheers appreciate it everybody have a good one you as well and we'll, we'll talk soon okay